Hello and welcome to the Mom and Pop podcast. We are your hosts, Mark, and this is Cat. And we're just a mom and pop trying to figure out this parenthood thing. And today, I just want to talk about what life as a working parent is like. And we kind of touched on it last week, um, especially during this time, COVID nineteen time, but. You know, I want to kind of dive a little deeper and talk about it in more generic sense, and just what that transition was like for us, going from, you know, not parents to parents to parents that work while trying to raise Valerie. So, yeah, maybe to start, you know, how much maternity leave did you take, and you know. In retrospect, did you feel like it was enough or not enough? How how did you spend like how was maternity leave for you? All right, so maternity leave. I'm trying to remember what the rules were. I initially, so those of you who know, when you do a vaginal birth, you get six weeks of maternity leave and I think that when you have a c-section you get eight weeks is this in general or just in the LAUSD context or I want to say generally okay yeah generally that this is the case so I initially had planned for a vaginal birth but Valerie was breached so and mm-hmm. despite all the ways of trying to flip her, I ended up just doing the C-section anyways because she was too stubborn and wouldn't budge. So I ended up doing eight weeks of that. And then I thought definitely I didn't want to come back to work right after the maternity leave. And in the state of California, you get some like 12 more weeks of paid parental leave. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking about maybe eight more weeks of that because okay. I, I didn't want to awkwardly come back to school and teach because it's always really hard to start in a random middle of the year mm. date mm-hmm. when you're teaching. So I wanted to just finish off my parental leave, um, taking off the whole semester, and then I came back to work the beginning of the second semester. Okay. So, so yeah, Valerie was born August, mid, mid late August. So your school's year had started mid August. So you didn't even start school at that point. And you end up just taking the whole first semester off and coming back in early January, which is about, I don't know, four and a half months, four to four and a half months total of, Oh, not including the breaks like Christmas break and Thanksgiving break, but yeah, about four and four and a half months. Do you feel like that was enough time or would you have liked to take more or was it too much? You're like kind of itching to get back to work and kind of back into a routine or... Before I answer that question, you just, I don't know why, but I was thinking about how funny it is doing a C-section altogether because I remember the day... Mm. That I had to choose her C-section date. Yeah, you can share about share that story. That's and, a good story. Uh, 
it's a long story, kind of, but, and I want to stay focused on the topic, but really quickly, I had about 30 seconds to decide on when I was going to do the C-section, and then I couldn't think about, or I couldn't get to an answer, so they gave me five more minutes, and it was just this really rushed, like, okay. Like, oh, when do you want to have your baby born? Which is so odd. You tell us when. And I actually had the whole summer for my third trimester to, like, kind of rest, right? But then I had Valerie August 21st, but the, technically the date I was supposed to report back to school was August 19th. So I actually technically could have worked the two days before I had her, but I decided, you know, I should be nice to the sub. And that Monday of that week was like a, a teacher staff only day mm-hmm. for everyone to get set up. So I just thought, oh, I'll just give that date to the sub. So that they can set up before the semester. Anyways, so your question was maternity leave, like in terms of was that long long enough? Yeah. Okay. So I retrospectively, I think it was long enough. Mm, Okay. It was long enough to really enjoy out, enjoy the newborn days, and kind of recover from. Uh, delivery but I remember days before I remember the days before my maternity or parental leave ended I was feeling pretty gung-ho about going back to work and really ready and Mm -hmm. thought mentally like I can do this and then right when I went back to work I remember thinking oh gosh what did I sign myself up for Mm -hmm. I should not have I should not have come back to work. And I remember every single day. And the funny thing is I, at school, my hallway is just a bunch of dudes. So like, yeah, like Mm -hmm. male teachers. And uh, most of them have children. So I ended up coming back to school with a hallway of a bunch of guys. And I just remember complaining Mm -hmm. to them every day, like, I can't do this. I can't do it. And then they'd be like, Kim. Mrs. Kim, Kim, don't give up. You got this. Like, just keep going at it and finish out the year. You you can't quit. You can't do it just now. You just Mm -hmm. got here. And I just was like panicking and telling all these other moms, don't come back to school. Just take the whole year off if you can. Take Uh as much of the parental leave. So um, now that I look back on it, uh, I do think six months was enough. Mm-hmm. Although one year would have been lovely to just see Valerie develop fully and yeah. uh, for me to like really rest. But mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, that was really long. No, no. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You, you're that, that transition between parental leave and going back to work seemed like it was pretty rough for you so much so that you're like telling other people, oh, take more time, take more time because working and being a mom sucks or stuff like that. Uh, so can you like expand on that? Like, What was the hardest part about coming back? Was it just the schedule, waking up early, you know, pumping, uh, balancing work, and even maybe the lack of time that you get to spend with Valerie? Before it was basically 24-7. Now it's like, you know, eight hours of the day's without her 
What do you think was like the hardest part about it or is just a mix of things? Yeah, that's a good question. So the reason why I mentioned that my hallway was a bunch of male teachers was because I I really appreciated just how they were super encouraging to me, especially a lot of the fathers just being like, I get it. I know what my wife went through having their children and whatever. So that was nice. But at the same time, it was kind of like false sympathy slash empathy because I was really struggling and I was trying to convey to my, my coworkers I'm struggling, but they obviously can't understand. They've only right. seen the struggle, but not lived it. And so... In the, in the, as a mom's perspective. As a mom's perspective, yeah. yeah. It Nonetheless, it was nevertheless, it was like still nice to be able to go to them for support. But uh, so to answer your question, it's really complex because there's so many different routes a working mom takes depending on the situation, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, um, I fortunately was able to nurse or breastfeed. With some added help because it wasn't, it was really hard learning how to do that. Mm -hmm. But then eventually we went to bottle feeding Valerie, but I had to pump milk. Mm -hmm. So if anyone, if anyone has pumped or knows what it's like, it's like clockwork Mm -hmm. and it's not enjoyable clockwork and it's not like, it's not like manual labor where you, you stop thinking about it and it's like muscle memory. It's not like that at all. It's like, it's a huge hassle. Mm. And at the point that I was going back to work, I think I was pumping seven or eight times a day. And I was really nervous that I was going to lose my supply because there's all these stories about how teachers are like, ter- teachers and nurses have it the worst in terms of pumping and will end up losing their supply. So mm. because I had that obsession, I created this militant schedule before coming back to work for pumping and teaching and pumping and teaching and just continually going through that. So uh, when you're pumping, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, yo, it hurts. Like my breasts are like super engorged. I Mm -hmm. need to pump. And so because you're at the mercy of that, your sleep is just messed up. And and with teaching, everybody knows in teaching, you have a bad night's rest, you're going to have a bad day. Mm -hmm. So to be pumping and and waking up in the middle of the night, it's screwed. Yeah, it's every night and it screws up your instruction. And then on top of that, it's like, so I, you remember, but, on a normal school day, I get up at five in the morning, pump for 20 minutes. Then I have to get breakfast, get everything ready. I even have to like make sure I, I have daycare stuff ready just in case right. for Valerie. Four and bottles I, of milk. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I just go back and then I go to work. Um, I live across town from work. So I have to make sure that I get up early enough to make sure I can account for like traffic and all that stuff. So... Wake up at 5, get to work by hopefully 6.30 latest. And then uh, from 6.30 to 7.30, I have to prep for the rest of the school day. At 7.30, I pump again mm-hmm. just to make sure I get everything out. Bef- uh, then you know school starts at like 8 a.m. Then I have, and then I teach for two periods, mm-hmm. then 9 a.m., 
pump again during nutrition for like 10 minutes, hurry up and wipe parts, go back to teaching for three more periods straight, then lunch, I I pump, then I have this one hour prep, and then teach another class, and then after school, I pump. Okay, so you get the idea. It's just like this crazy, and it's like, you have to be really disciplined because after school, the thing that comes up next is I have to pick up Valerie from daycare. Yeah. And then you. And it kind of sucks for you because, you know, for someone that might be working in an office, they have nursing rooms. Right. And you can just plan your schedule around. It's like, oh, I don't have a meeting, so I can just go in 20 minutes, reserve that room, go pump. That's pretty common in like, big corporate environments or tech companies, right? But for you, you're like spending your break time and lunch time to do it, mm-hmm. which sucks because, you know, you can't just go pump in the middle of class. Like right. that doesn't work. Um, and you don't even have a dedicated room, right? It's, you're just doing it in your classroom. And it's funny that you mentioned that because there was definitely a day where I got a clogged duct and any nursing mom will tell you that it sucks. It's so mm. painful. And I just remember teaching. I remember giving this PowerPoint lecture and in the middle of it, I was like, oh, crap. I feel the clog. Mm-hmm. And I, in the middle of class, I tell all the students, hey, uh, this is kind of awkward. <laughs> I need you all to act like you're doing work while I take a step outside and do my business. Right? So I kind of like leave the door shut just a little bit so that the students can't really see me. But I'm like, I take like five minutes randomly outside and I'm like trying to squeeze out the clog. And in the hallway? In the hallway. Oh, it was really gosh. crazy and trying to, and just hoping that nobody's watching me while I'm doing it. And Dude, that's like a working mom's episode right it's there. It's so crazy. <laughs> and then oh, gosh. the students are just like, I don't know what Miss Kim is doing out there, but. But yeah, whatever she's doing must be painful, right? But yeah, it's like, how do you even, how do I tell my students what I'm doing? I can't. So mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that um, sounds really rough. And I, you know, obviously lived through parts of it and I did not have the same experience. Like being a father, obviously, you don't have to be relying on to produce milk to feed the baby although you know there's other options like you know formula can always go that route obviously but you know breastfeeding is also a good option that we chose to you know go for so there's a lot of effort and love and time that goes into that right right and balancing that with finding time to work finding time to prepare for work all these things is you know, obviously, you can imagine a lot of, lot of, uh, a lot harder. Um, I apologize. This conversation's a lot, a lot of focus and center on, you know, me. But no, no, that's cool. The journey was really difficult, yeah. and I think what, you know, what it, this all resulted in was eventually I had to talk to my administrators about making accommodations, mm-hmm. which was really difficult. And I don't know if we even have time mm-hmm. to kind of go into like how complex that ended up being which we could save that conversation for another day but Mm. just to kind of cut myself from going too much into detail uh and we can save that for another day but uh what about you i mean how was it going back to work as a father yeah so for me 
I had about two weeks off. I worked at a startup at the time. Um, they gave me two weeks of paternity leave and then four weeks of work from home. Or essentially, I was working not like 100% of the time like I would, but it was more like, I don't know, 50, 60% capacity. I still got my stuff done and I think they weren't like, what the hell, Mark, you're not working hard enough. But, you know, it's going to be really hard the first two months for any parent um, to produce the work at a like high level, right? Um, but yeah, after those, it, it was hard. I think one of the things I realized, I, I really thought this when I was, during that time was, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. First month and a half, two months, three months of caring for Valerie, sleeping, you know, being woken up a couple of times every day, every night, um, just clockwork, just every time, you know, it's like feed her, change her diaper, play with her, get her to sleep a little bit for 30 minutes or an hour, and then wake, she wakes up, cries, you know, calm her down. Um, and then, you know, during the day, try to squeeze in a little bit of work while Catherine's like, uh, taking care of the baby and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you know, for me, I didn't feel like I, it was too much of a struggle, at least for me. Um, balancing, like working and taking care of Valerie. Uh, that was until, and then we, and then I moved jobs to Amazon, which I think was, it, there was like a little different expectations for sure. But at that point, it was it was still okay because the commute was nice. I was got to come home, and you were still on maternity leave at the time. So, you know, being able to kind of go to work and then come home just to hang out and eat lunch, go back to work that was really nice. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was it was okay. I, ideally, I would have had wanted to have more time off. I think I think two weeks is like a joke, honestly. And then four weeks work from home. Yeah, that was nice. And I understand because it's like a startup. They're not able to afford to give people off a lot of time. But yeah, I would recommend most anyone who wants to just take as much time as you can because you won't get that time back. I think it's, you know, if you really want to pour, pour out and invest in your time into your child, just take the time off. Your career might take a slight hit. That's, but for me, that, that, that's a cost that I'm willing to take. So my question to you is, mm -hmm. if your workplace, and I don't think anyone allows this, but if they were to give you a whole year of leave. Would I take a whole year? Would you year? take a whole year? It, I think so. It depends. Um, yeah, it depends on if, oh, is it paid leave? And, you know, in terms of like, is this an accepted culture? If it's like something no one does, then I probably won't do it. But if at the company I'm at and they offer that and people actually do do it, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? You know, like obviously it's going to hit your career. Everything, everything's going to pause a little bit or get delayed. Like you won't get your promotion this year or, you know, next year. I mean, it's going to take one more year to get that promotion or something. Yeah, that, that could happen and I'm, that's okay with me. I think. Um, so yeah, at some companies, you know, they'll give three months. I would be happy to take three months if they offered it. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's it's great. I think I I love the time that we spent together, even the two weeks off and then the four weeks at home. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. this might be another com- topic for another conversation for another day, mm-hmm. but I am kind of curious to know, maybe we can end it on this note. Ideally... In terms of, you know, working or staying at home in a perfect world, what might our working or staying at home situations look like? In a perfect world. In a perf- not in a perfect world. Maybe that's the wrong way. So I, the reason why I'm asking, okay, the, the reason why I'm asking or going towards this direction is th- this past week I technically had spring break. And... I tried to be really hands-off with work and actually just really enjoy spring break. And that was kind of nice, right? Because I ended up taking a majority of the baby duties and then you ended up being able to... I wouldn't say majority, but during mm-hmm. during the day when you had to do yeah, meetings before. and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it was kind of nice for you to be able to like go on your meetings whenever because you knew that I would be able to take care of Valerie. Mm-hmm. You know. Meanwhile, uh, in contrast to that when I do have to work, we kind of have to share the baby duties and then right. kind of tell each other, I have a meeting at this time, so I needed to take the baby. Whereas mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I have a Zoom call with my students at this time. And so we're switching off. Yeah. So if one of us, or if as a family unit, we were able to get by on one person's income, Mm-hmm. Would it still be better for both of us to be working? Or do you think we should kind of take advantage of that? And try to do one person stay at home. Right. I I personally am all for it. Um, I think there's, you know, obviously merit to both. When you work, both parents work and the child can go to child care. She gets, he or she can... Uh, socialize and kind of learn these things. Obviously, this is before school starts, like preschool and kindergarten. Uh, so that's something that I think is worth considering. But also, but I think having a, a stay-at-home parent would be awesome for the child as well. I think if we could afford it and that, that was an option, I would totally be d- down for that. Um yeah, if it made sense. And, you know, if the stay-at-home parent was obviously wants to do it, you know, mm-hmm. if it was like, oh, I kind of don't want to, then, you know, then probably not, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to force anything if possible. You want to do something that you're going to want to invest in and have that interest in it. So, yeah. By the way, just as a disclaimer, staying at home, super tough, but... Yeah, we can talk about it on another day. I just wanted to yeah. kind of pick your brain or pick your brain or yeah. yeah. Well, I had one more question just to kind of wrap this discussion up, and I think we talked about it a little bit earlier this week. Um, can you talk a little bit about the expectations and managing expectations as a working parent? Like, how do you? Obviously, your work is going to take a little bit of a performance hit because 
that's just gonna happen. Like before you had a baby, you don't have anything to worry about other than your husband and what you're gonna eat that day and like prepping for work. But you know, once the baby is born, there's like thousand other things you have to worry about. So obviously, work is going to suffer a little bit. Um, for you, did you see that your work suffered at all? And you know, what was something that? How did you manage that? And how did you manage? You mentioned a little bit that your principal, you talked with him. Um, but yeah, can you share a little bit about what that was like? This is a really, really loaded question for me, and I could go on and on about every single little thing, but. I'll try to keep it short just for the convenience of time. But, you know, before I was a parent, I, my standard is striving for excellence. And it might not necessarily mean that I'm a hundred, I'm ticking off the boxes a hundred percent of the time, but it means that when I do something and I work hard at something, I want to feel proud about it. Mm -hmm. And so Whatever that means for me at the moment is is working towards excellence. So let's just say that, you know, before you have children, you're able to sign up for anything and everything, you know, as long as your time allows it or your schedule allows you to do things. So for me, I was involved with a number of things. I was science department chair as a science teacher and... I kind of just did it just to see like what kind of information and resources were available to me taking on a leadership position there. Then once I did that, then I had to join some leadership team at school as a part of the responsibility for that. And then I helped out with the next curricular group that did a marathon um, or, or the goal of that extracurricular group is to finish the LA marathon. Mm-hmm. And then I got myself involved with Um, lots of professional development trainings and Mm then even at work you know just like one complaint from a student about a lesson plan I would fix it immediately Mm -hmm. and you know the next day was like you know striving for more striving for better and making sure that I didn't I had you know minimized the student complaints of course you can't you can't please everybody yeah you can't please everyone so I'm saying this knowing that I can't please everyone because uh, whatever. But students were the focus and everything was student-centered. And mm-hmm. I I spent number like so many hours during the weekend grading, lesson planning. And so you can imagine that I probably would have spent at least 15 or 20, no, maybe 10 to 15 hours extra Outside, outside of work, uh-huh. at least for prepping, for prepping, and and yeah, yeah. These days, what's that number? <laughs> it's well, the number I, it's is still because of COVID nineteen, right? Right, but these days, the ten to fifteen hours is I'm still working that extra amount of time, mm-hmm. but the focus is completely different. Mm-hmm. because the 10 to 15 hours that I'm spending outside of work is because it's getting taken away by pumping in the middle of the day at work. 
if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, before the baby, all the times that I'm pumping at school are times that I would have actually been planning and grading. Mm. So, because I can't plan and grade like I used to in the middle of the wor- a working day, mm-hmm. now I have to try to f- find time for that. Find time for that yeah. during the weekend. And so all this to say that we actually had a conversation during the week about how I'm really struggling in terms of when you're all the parent friends that I have tell me like, look, there are things that you just need to be degaff about because you can't (laughs) do everything. Yeah. And so I really try hard to be degaff about things because it's so outside of my nature to be degaff about things. I'm a very passionate person. Mm -hmm. So the funny thing is like, I can't, ultimately it's not in my character to be degaff. Okay. Just to tell it, it means don't give up. Right. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Ultimately it's not in my character. And so the thing that I've been really disappointed with lately is that mm-hmm. the amount of work that I'm I'm putting out to my students as a teacher is degaff work and I'm not even trying to be degaff and that's what's so disappointing about it it's really mm-hmm. hard so I'm sorry if I don't know if that answers your question but yeah I mean and I would say you're probably your own harshest critic right you may think that it's degaff you know level work but other people may not think that other people may think it's uh you know but yeah i totally empathize with you um by the way i'm still science department chair you're still science department chair and i'm still doing these things for some reason but i can't put in the same amount of effort as i would have Mm. before just just wanted to kind of end it there but yeah yeah it's it's a what's the word like a learning curve for for us for sure and that's why that's kind of the theme of this podcast we want to just share about how we're trying to figure this parenthood thing out it's really a crazy transition or craziest change i think anyone can experience um yeah thank you for sharing uh like we do in every episode, we wanted to do one thing that our parents used to do that we either remember fondly or and want to do with our kids in the future or maybe something we remember and it was like, whoa, why did they do that? Um, so yeah, I can start. I remember when I was little, probably in like elementary school, whenever I'd get sick with like a stomach flu or like a cold, well, this is actually more involved with like I couldn't eat or I had like a stomach flu. My mom would always prepare some rice porridge, like Korean rice porridge or what we call chuk because that was like easy to digest. Um, and I always like really enjoyed or felt really cared for at that point. Like, you know, I'm suffering and like I've just thrown up or like diarrhea and just in bed, right? And my mom would just come up prepare some rice porridge chuk, and lightly seasoned it with soy sauce and you know it tasted really good still and it was, and it still it was like really comforting for me um and 
another thing like that my dad would do for me was every night he would just come and or in the morning before he went to work he would just say a quick prayer to me for to get better it's like oh pray god that you'll you know he'll heal you real quick and so that you can go back to school and study and do the things you want to do right um those are type of things that i do remember fondly and you know wish i can share with valerie and any f- potential if and any future kids so that's my uh things my parents used to do um how about you I'll go with uh I'll go with the same sentiment mm-hmm. about you know when you, whenever you're feeling sick uh my mom she's so infamous I just call her young Chang she's young cheesy. she's uh-huh. a intense woman and you'd be lucky to have met her and and known her but anyways Young Chang famously has what we call meonsun. Meonsun. Uh-huh. Spicy hands. Yeah, t- literal translation in Korean, spicy, spicy hands. hands. Uh-huh. Very beefy hands and like I don't know whether she's hugging you or giving you a little slap, it it's re- it just feels really aggressive and it, it hurts a lot and uh she even told me stories that she was the parsirum queen which means she is the was the queen of arm wrestling yeah in korea so anyways a little bit of context but i remember every time i was sick for some reason i i think maybe she had the idea that my body was aching mm. and so she would give me these really intense body massages and they hurt they're just like ah ah Get off like me! A proper like you proper like she's just need like like you're needing like this really stubborn bread like really like it's just so raw like I can't even remember how it feels and she'd just really dig in and I'm sure that now if she were to give me a massage I'd really appreciate it but as a kid it was like yo like I'm just a kid like ah, ah, ah. like ah yeah you're like ah 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 oh my it hurts please stop. Stop. Uh, anyways, for some reason, I guess it like was a sensory overload because that's something that now I take comfort in, and mm-hmm. and maybe it helped your circulation. Yeah, or something. something. Yeah. But that's some weird way I knew that she loved me mm. because there was my mom and I had like a very tumultuous, you know, relationship growing up, but. I just loved it when she would give me these really painful massages because it it really felt like she was giving her full effort into I don't know yeah. giving me positive vibes or whatever. But now I actually miss it, and so whenever I'm sick, I always long for one of those massages. But hopefully, you know, Valerie and I can share something like that, and yeah. where she'll know that I, you know, I really love her. You're gonna start. Doing those hand exercises to f- strengthen those that grip. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, thank you guys for listening to our second episode of the Mom and Pop podcast. You know, we're gonna try to do this every other week. We'll see how that goes. Um, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
um, wherever else you find your podcasts. And you know, we're gonna try out social media a little bit. We'll see. It's gonna be a work in progress, in a very much in a sense. But yeah, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy, and we do have a lot of more interesting topics centered around parenthood coming down the pipeline. So be on the lookout. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.